Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, and we have a microphone empty today. Jamie, are you there? Jamie, not here. Jamie couldn't be here today. He had something pop up. So, uh, Jeff, this is now... The you and I podcast experience. You know, if you think about it, back in the early days of the Last Minute Blues podcast, it was just the two of us. Yes. Back in the early days for like one or two of them. Right, right. And then we thought, boy, this is way better with Jamie's Yeah, part. this is so dumb. What are we doing? So so since we didn't like the old show, just the two of us, we thought we'd try it again for 40 minutes <laughs> right. see what happens. Um, thinking about the early days, real quick. Thinking sure. about the early days of the podcast, every once in a while the picture of us and Barrett Jackman pops up. Yeah, man. Which I think is so cool. Um, he was one of the, he is one of those guys that you, if you've never met the guy, you think stoic, you think maybe standoffish, uh, because he doesn't have a lot of expression, expression on his face. What a super nice and down to earth dude. He, that was one of my, of all of the people in which that I have been fortunate enough to meet, um, music or sports wise, he was one of my favorites, man. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of it was because, and I think you'll probably remember this, the last couple of years that he was here, he got Endless amounts of crap. Yes. I mean, just endless, endless. And I just thought that it was such a short-sighted thing for St. Louis to... Because this guy was a warrior, warrior man. Yeah. Like, in every way, shape, or form. So I just took it very personally, which I shouldn't have done, but I, but I did. And then when we got to meet him, and we got to talk to him, and then you get to talk to these athletes, and you get to the person and the vulnerabilities. When he's talking about... Making a doctor's appointment. Right. He'd never done that. Yeah. He's almost 40-year-old man and never made a doctor's appointment before. It was just really fascinating, you know, to have that conversation. Joey Vitale, I thought, was another one, man. Yeah, great guy. Like, what an amazing personality that that guy is. And listening to him on the broadcast, I love him and Kerber together because Joey... For sure, just takes it off the rails. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And Curbs has got to figure out a professional way 
to get him back on the rails and have it all make sense. And he does it with levity. They make fun of each other. To me, that's how a broadcast should sound. See, I, I mean? I, I'm not a fan of Joey Vitale. And I'll, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because A, nine million times more attractive than me. Yeah, good looking dude. Seven million times more talented than me in any sporting adventure whatsoever. Probably was better than me in school, too. And then the guy retires from hockey, really honestly, after getting his ass handed to him one too many times and then going in the locker room because that's what he did for a living. And he's so obviously very much tougher than me, too. Um, And then goes into the broadcast uh, booth without missing a beat. I mean, I and I've told this story before here and on the Rizzuto show, is that his first game, I was I was a big fan of Kelly Chase. Big yeah, fan same, of Kelly Chase. Same. Yeah. And, and his first game, I went, all right, Joe, all right, come on, win me over. It didn't take a period. Yeah. It didn't take half the period. First of all, the two of them having the chemistry is great. But that guy, and just like Jamie, and just like Brad Thompson, we are so lucky – Ex-athletes that are freaking broadcasters now. Well, and, and, and but see that there is an inherent talent to it. You can't just ramble about blah 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 X Y Z. You know somebody else I think is really good at it. Rick Ankiel. Oh yeah, yeah. As far as having the ability to break it down so that I can understand it, because I mean I played street hockey, I played Corey League baseball, but but. Draw me the picture so that I can see it in my head so that it makes sense. And that's one of the things I think Rivers does as good as anybody in any sport is able to break it down in a simple way so that you understand the concept of pinching in or whatever the case may be. It's really an amazing talent that not everybody has. Yes, and I have grown up uh, watching hockey. I And this is the honest to God truth that I, one of my earliest memories is being at a hockey game because I remember – I remember looking and seeing a huge white sheet, like a huge white sheet of ice. And I remember it hurting my eyes. So I had to have been pretty young. Mm -hmm. There's no way we were close to the ice uh, because my dad was a sheet metal worker, local 36, (laughs) shout out. Uh, But for some reason, I remember a really, really, really super young image of the ice. So anyway, I've been watching it and listening to it my entire life. I played a little bit of it, just like you did. But... I watch the games differently now mm-hmm. after doing this with you and with Jamie because Jamie, I watch less of the puck nowadays than I did before because I'm watching the guy without the puck to kind of learn. That's a great way to learn the game. It's it's really um, it's just really fantastic too when the when the dots or, or when the when it connects when something that Jamie was talking about or something you hear them on the broadcast talking about you know comes to fruition and you're like ah I saw yeah. it. I saw it I, you know but I think too man we kind of we didn't know we were spoiled but when you grow up in a town where the radio team is Jack Buck and Mike Shannon for yeah. baseball. And on the radio side of things for the Blues, when I was growing up, it, it was Dan Kelly. I mean, <laughs> dude, <laughs> I mean, you're talking about the best of the best. And and for that level to continue to this day, I think is very, I, I think it's amazing. But it also makes me really particular about announcers and color guys in, in different yeah. sports and stuff, man. Like, like I am, I, I think we've just been very spoiled over the course and of our time. If you think about the era you were just talking about when I was growing up and you're Dan Kelly's, I mean, you throw in Bob Costas too, because that was back when he was doing some Cardinal games yeah, here man. and there. Have you ever met Bob Costas? I have not. Who is the biggest broadcaster in your life that you have met that either uh, finance you, either um, swayed you one way or the other as far as radio or broadcasting or sports or whatever? Well, Bob, well, well, two things. Uh, I, I actually had a conversation with Bob Costas because of you. A uh, very short conversation. Um, I was doing mornings at the time. You were doing afternoons. And you had an interview with Costas later that day. 
a phoner, but it got mixed up, so he called the wrong station. So he calls the studio line in the Point Studio, uh-huh. and it, hey, oh, and I answer, hey, oh, that's hey, me. Oh, yep. Hey, this is Bob Costas. Um, hello. Uh, this Clearly is hey, this is Donnie number. Fandango. I don't think we're supposed to be talking to each other, <laughs> but you've really made my day. And then he laughed and said, "Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to talk to Tom and Jeff later today." Blah blah blah. All right, well, have a nice day. And that was the extent of it. Wow. But that was a really great thing for me. But no, Costas man was the. I mean, he was the. Jack Buck was the one for me because yeah. I just would listen to him so much. But Costas was just the, to me, man. It was the poetry, like, like you know what I mean. Like he just made it beautiful. You talk about painting the picture. You're about Costas, yeah, yeah. There's not very many that that did it better than him. I just, I, I still to this day love listening to him. Yeah, talk baseball. T- two things about Bob Costas that, and, and I would like to get to hockey here and talk about the the the, the types of uh, people that hockey players are too. Since we talked about uh, Bear Jackman and everything, but the kind of person Bob Costas at least was was uh, a million and a half years ago, I went to a seminar. I was at a seminar about sports broadcasting or something to that effect. And when it was over, or I'm sorry, before it was over, Costa said, hey, when we're done here, if anybody wants to come up and chat and, you know, if you had any other questions I didn't hit, let me know. I was the only one who went up and talked to him, which was fantastic because he sat and talked to just me for like another 30 minutes. Yeah. Just about being on the road and 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 growing up in the business and I think he even brought up John Hewlett about how Hewlett I don't know if you remember back in the day when Hewlett first started at Casey, his parents were okay with it and then his grades started going down and they made him quit. Are you serious? Yeah, so then he went back. It was it's something to that effect. Yeah. You have to ask John uh, to to see exactly, but he brought that up and it was just one of those things where this guy was already a huge success back then talking about Bob Costas. But he has such a reverence for the broadcast industry. Like, don't ever take it for granted. Uh, always be reverent to other people. He talked, obviously, great stuff about Jack Buck. And then um, he, I, I went to a couple of the, the old Bob Costas events that he used to do for the for the local uh, for the local hospital. Fantastic guy, just yeah. a great guy. And then my my best Jack Buck story. I have two of them. One was I think it was Ozzy Smith's retirement uh, press conference. And I went to it, of course, to cover it for the radio station, which that was just me just going. Right, right. And I remember, remember Ron Jacober. Yeah. He was, oh, over, yeah. On, he was over calling into KMOX on a landline. Yeah. And Jack Buck walked into the room. And, you know, he and Ozzy were very, very, very close. And Buck started crying, like tearing up during it, put his hand on my shoulder and was kind of like leaning. Because even then he was a bit frail. Right. And I was just listening to Ozzy. I'm going, okay, here's a guy that does boob jokes for a living. And I'm at Ozzy. Smith's press conference announcing when he'll retire with Jack Buck's hand on my shoulder trying to compose himself. Dude. Oh, how did I deserve this? <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. And I think I was double parked and left without, you know, paying the ticket. All, <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? That stuff. <laughs> and then the other, the other Costas story, uh, I was doing a, uh, a charity baseball game for kids under 21, kudo, kids under 21. And it was, and it was soft. No, it was baseball at the old Bush stadium. I, yeah, it was the old Bush stadium. And I, Somehow lucked out and got a base hit, and uh, I went went like two for three or something like that. Ricky Horton said, hey, rookie, you can lead off. It's not softball. I remember him giving me crap like that. (laughs) And then after the game, here comes Jack Buck walking down the steps and coming down to the field. And I had a point shirt on. I immediately went, where is a marker? Where is a marker? I got to get Jack Buck's signature. And I went over to him. I said, Mr. Buck, would you sign my shirt? He goes, absolutely, son. I'm not going to do his justice. But he said, how would you hit him today? And I said, well, I was actually two for three 
Uh, but I, uh, but uh, you know, I'm used to playing softball where it's like 45 feet or whatever, and it's 90 feet. And he goes, "Let me tell you, son. The older you get, the further away the bases get." Like that. And I went, Damn. The older you get, the further away the bases get. You know what? I, I still it. don't really understand. And this is just on this announcer thing, and we'll talk blues for sure. But and I know that I'm biased, and because I grew up listening to him, but I really get pissed at the national. Uh, just this seemingly continued national like debate on whether or not Joe Buck is good or yeah, whatever. So it is the dumbest thing to me, and, and I don't. I just don't understand it. I, I, I like when I just listen to the man call the game. He's phenomenal. Yeah, he's, I, I mean, I don't know who's silky. better. He's silky, and and Joe Buck will tell you that the people that say, "Oh, you got your job because your last name is Buck," you know what I'll say. Absolutely, 100%. I got my foot in the door. Yes. I think I've done pretty good since I got here. See, that's yeah. the thing, man. It's like they treat this guy like he's just this chucklehead that's barely good at his job. Right. And he is an amazing broadcaster. And that's that's one of the things, though, and you uh, to, to rewind a bit, um, when you talked about Bob Costas and sort of the reverence for broadcasting, you know, as I've gotten older and stuff, um, that's something that is really important to me, man. Like, And that's and that's something that you and I know, man, it, it pisses me off more than anything else when I see somebody that has this gig that we're just so lucky to have, man. So fortunate to have, and they and and they don't realize it, man. You know, like I I don't know if it's because like you watched your dad be a sheet metal worker, come home looking beat the hell up every day. My dad was a machinist. Um, you know, was on machines all day, cutting up his hand, drop. You know what I mean? Just, In the nice air conditioning that they provided, right? Absolutely not, yeah. right? 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 Yeah. So so. I think I just saw my dad doing that, and I went, oh, man. Yeah. I don't know that I'm tough enough to do that Not sort of for thing. Me. Yeah, my dad offered to put me in the sheet metal workers uh, uh, apprenticeship program when I was in high school, and then he had me work with him, you know, a little yeah. bit in the garage and went, eh, maybe this isn't for you, dude. Yeah. Maybe this is not for you. And one of the reasons why I have reverence for, for, the, for the industry that we're in, besides the fact that I can get up at 2.15 in the morning and not cry my eyes out because it's 2.15 in the morning Yeah, because I dig my job and I love the people that I love you and I love everybody that I work with is um, is that everybody has gotten to where they are, including me and including you, because of somebody else. And I would be so upset if the person that helped me get into this business thought I didn't give a crap about yeah, it. Yeah, man, the, for sure. The way I got into radio is I moved down to Springfield, Missouri. And I and I was living there, and I for the express reason of getting into radio because small town is easier to get into, at least back then. Back then it was for sure. Yeah. And I literally, Donnie, opened the white pages to the case. Why the why the case? Because uh, uh, radio stations uh, from uh, the Mississippi West started with K, and from Mississippi East started with a W. Yes, right. And I think that information is really really interesting. Other people probably don't give a crap, but I like the backstory to it. So I clo- literally closed my eyes and pointed. And this and the number that I pointed at, I called, and a person picked up the phone. That and there was probably three people that worked at this radio station. So, luck of the draw that I called a tiny, tiny radio station. The person who picked up was the program director, which isn't going to happen very no, often. Name was Alan Fee. No, no, sorry. not no. Alan Fee. No, sorry, not Alan Fee. <laughs> Alan Wild. Okay. Alan Wild. Uh, I was thinking Alex Fees, the old uh, news guy here in town. Alan Wilde picked up the phone, and I said, hey, man, I have a question. I didn't say, hey, man, I have a question. I want to get into radio, and I would love to some- come hang out and check the place out if you don't mind. Uh, I don't want to be anybody's, like, you know, 
uh, intern and get people coffee, but I just want to see. Can you imagine somebody calling a radio station now and saying that? Can you imagine? I, I would have said, okay. Yeah, well, sure. Uh, go down the lobby and hold your breath. I'll be right, right down there. And uh, so he was like, huh, so you're just calling here. And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, somebody's going to call here and just say that. Sure, man, come on in. Wow. So I went in and I hung out and just taste felt smelled radio for like two weeks and somebody quit or got fired or something. They said, well, you've been hanging out for two weeks. We might as well give you a shot. And that was in like 1987. Dude, timing. I mean, tell me that if a person with a freaking heart or a brain is not going to go, oh, screw the opportunity that was just given to me. I'm going to come in here drunk, high, not worry about it, blah, blah, blah. That's why I have reverence for what I do for yeah, a living. I think it's, uh, to me, man, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of like a combination of, listen, I'm going to ride this out yeah. until they tell me I can't do it anymore right. because you have told me that this is a job and a career, so I guess it sort of is, you know? But, like, I just, uh, you know, we're just lucky to be able to do it, man, and like, and like you say, that's a really great point. Like, I think of the people that helped me get better. Yeah. You know, Tim Virgin and Alex Luke and Eric Schmidt and you, like, like, to to just not care, man, would be so disrespectful oh, to all God. of those dudes, man. It makes to my all skin of that, crawl. to to all of that hard work, you know, like to 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 making it right, to caring, you know, like I just couldn't imagine, I just couldn't imagine doing it, doing this job that way, or even being that way. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's just not how I'm. It just seems know. like it'd be super obvious if you walked around here and just didn't care. Oh, dude, that's absolutely. So it, so uh, this all said, so we got a pretty darn nice sports weekend coming. We've got beautiful weather. Yes. You've got Blues hockey tonight. You've got Cardinals tomorrow afternoon, then Blues hockey tomorrow night. So, I mean, just in the next couple of days, even though we haven't had any hockey this week, we've got some coming up. So that's the good. Yeah. Now, the difficult situation with this is, I believe the next four games, we got two against Colorado, two against Vegas, and uh, needless to say, the boys in blue, maybe not peaking right now. Uh, look at peaking to uh, <laughs> Vegas right now. Look, let's look at this. We have bitched and, I say bitched and moaned. We've mentioned a lot that the defense is kind of uh, struggling. One of the reasons is because Petrangelo left, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a gaping hole. One of the best defensemen in the NHL leaves and, you know, uh, goals against goes up. Uh, power play goals against goes up. All of those things go up for us. He goes over to Vegas. Vegas is so good. He missed. He has missed 15 games this year, and they're like 11-4 and four without him. Jeff, watching them play the last time, you know, when the last time the Blues and, and Vegas played, I just thought that they clearly looked like the best team that I had seen all year even without Petro. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's unbelievable. And we talked about it in the last podcast. I feel like Vegas is doing what we're not doing. Bodies in front, screening, throwing the bodies when you energy, have to. Playing with energy, playing with smiles, it, playing with, I don't know what. It, it's, it Positivity. is. It, it is just, uh, it, 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 they're just at different places right now. Now, can the Blues still come back and put it together? Absolutely. There is time. But as we talked about last week, man, so many injuries, you're going to have to get everybody on the same page and everybody kind of coming out of, you know, whatever it is together. You got to have a lot of things to go right. And I'll tell you, you mentioned Petro. I honestly, man, Jeff, I'm going to tell you this as a fan, I did not appreciate what Jay Bomeister did yeah. night in and night out as steady Eddie. You don't hear nothing from him. You don't see, you don't even realize that you saw him. Yeah. But that guy, 
huge. I mean, that that combination, those two, man, I, I mean, I think it's very glaring at this point. A couple man. of days ago was the anniversary of Bo Meester getting traded here or coming here. I forget how he came here yeah, exactly. Cal- was Calgary, tra- right? I know it was Calgary, but was it a trade? Yeah, pretty okay, sure. Yeah. I think it was a trade, and then they re-upped him. That's right, because yeah. it was it was two dudes and a draft pick, and I looked up the two dudes, and they're both uh, playing like in Europe now or mm-hmm. something to that effect. So I think we got the better of that deal. Uh, so, but yeah, miss Bowmeister all the time. He's like an interior lineman. He did a job. He did his job so well. You never talked about him. And that's what Jamie says. You yeah. know, when when you've got those guys, and maybe a lot of times Carl Gunderson to a certain extent, not in the same vein as Bowmeister, but was one of those guys. And you don't have that. And then on top of that, you've gotten smaller. Mm-hmm. You've gotten smaller by a lot. And then when you got Pareko not playing, then you're even smaller still. Right. So it's just a, it's just a combination of things. But also too, and I saw this in the post yesterday uh, because I don't remember they did a you know the uh, where you, you email message in the questions and yeah. they were asking if if the Barubi if Coach Barubi's message has gotten stale, and I just it makes my freaking skin crawl to hear that line of thinking. This is not a coach situation. They have had injury on top of injury on top of injury on top of injury. And a lot of movement over the course of players in the last year or so. It is a combination of all of those things. It is not. It is not Coach Barubi. No, I think, and and getting back to Jamie not not being here and learning things from Jamie, you realize that it's not the player's fault last year with Justin Falk because he's not playing in the right position. He's on the left side when he should be on the right side and vice versa. Uh, He's not being put out there because of injury for the right right uh, situations for him. It's the exact same thing for a coach. Coach doesn't have all of his tools in his toolbox. You get everybody back. I hear Barbashev may be playing tonight. Right. Um, uh, you get everybody back and things go south. Yeah, what's the problem? But you got Pareko, as Jamie said, out there doing wrist shots in practice because he's still too hurt to do slap shots. The guy doesn't have all of his tools. You cannot tell me he's not a good coach if he doesn't have that Pareko tool to get out of his toolbox and do something and, with. And not that's a hell of a tool. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that is, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> a critically important tool in this toolbox of things. And let's say, let's say that even if Colton Pareko was the only player missing, that is still a huge Huge miss on this team. And on top of it, it's been Schwartz. It's been Thomas. It's been Sunquist. It's been Gunnarsson. It's been... I mean, I just don't... At this point, to me, if you're blaming the coach, that's some real lazy fan stuff to me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's some real lazy fan stuff to me. That's the fan that'll uh, turn in their season tickets if they change anthem singers or they have a third jersey they use 11 times or something. Screw you. You don't know what you're doing. You know, it's just just very frustrating that, that as a fan you don't see this and go... Okay, coupled with tremendous Colorado, tremendous Vegas, better Arizona than we thought, better L.A. than we thought. Neither one of those teams, I think, we really were really going to factor into the, you know, to the Central or whatever the hell we're calling it now, the West, whatever. So, I mean, there's just things happen, but I I think it it just pisses me off that it's automatically... Coach Peruvi, uh, right. we need a fresh voice. No, no, we don't, man. These guys love this guy. They just won the freaking cup for him. Let's get the band back together, and then let's see where we're at. What do you think of those Vegas, the shining uh, gold helmets? I liked him at first, but now that I think Mark Stone's a big douche, and I shouldn't say that because I'm sure he's a nice guy, but you know what he did to our players. Yeah, no, so I, I think he's to, a douche. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, but I, And I thought Jamie said all the teams were going to do a version of the of Yeah, the I think so. Hat. Do we know when that's happening, and I'm, what is the Blues version of it? Do you know? I am not sure. 
I, I, I actually, they're the only team I've seen on the ice do it anyway. I don't yeah. know if other teams have done it. I, I would say originally I liked it. But the better that they have gotten right. and the worse the Blues have gotten has made me just not like anything of theirs yeah. at all. Like, even at all. Yeah, they had a really kick-ass uh, third jersey on the other night. And yep. I was like, that's so stupid. Shut up. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's where we are at this point in you know my what, maturity level in sports. You know who yeah. they are? You know who they are? They're really, really good. They're very successful. And we're jealous. They're, they're Nickelback is who they are. Oh, yeah. yeah well, well, okay. But hold on, though. Hold on. Because Nickelback has reached... The musical mountain, diamond status, sold out tours. They've won the music Stanley Cup is what you're saying. They haven't won the cup yet. Okay, Vegas so hasn't won though. Musically, so, who are they then? Who are, who are they? They've, they've had that success, but they haven't reached the pinnacle musically speaking. Who would they be? Oh, my, that is a really freaking great question. They, they're not Nickelback. You're okay, right. But, I'm going to tell you what it is. And, and it's Papa not, Roach? I'm going to no. tell you what it is, and it's not sexy. Okay. It's not sexy, but it's ap- it's applicable in this particular instance. Good use of the word applicable, by Thank the way. Thank you. You're KG Elephant has 12 number one singles at Alternative Radio, okay. but KG Elephant cannot sell out as a headliner in an arena like an arena rock band. Okay. I feel like they're there. They're really freaking good. They just haven't done it. So yet. that's Vegas. That's what I think. All right. So who's Colorado then? Who's who's the Avalanche? Oh God, you almost broke my brain on the freaking first Sorry, one. I don't know that I could come up. We with got time second. to kill today. So. I don't know. I yeah. understand. We're gonna so. go through the entire NHL. <laughs> so we're doing this. So we're doing this with each one. All right. Pittsburgh so. Penguins is finger eleven. I already did that. I don't know why. But. Dude, I, I had those guys in studio once. That finger was eleven. That was the smelliest band I'd ever had really? in studio. Yeah. I just remember their old drummer, who I, I don't think it's the same one as whenever they were uh, touring. With you know around St. Louis and they were big for us. Uh, he was an in- incredibly entertaining watch. The drummer, like in between yeah. beats, would put a stick in his mouth and stuff like that. Pretty cool, man. It's always amazing. It, 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 boy, it's totally really can go the off way, the rails. So keep going, but but uh, when you see like a great drummer, the last one that I remember seeing was this dude, uh, uh, John Theodore, who was a drummer for the Mars Volta. He now is with Queens of the Stone Age. And honest to Jesus, when I'm watching that guy play. I am not convinced that he only has two arms attached to his body. Really? Dude, it's that like, good, a, huh? you know, like when you were watching like Keith Moon oh, and, yeah. and Bonham, where you're just like, how in Jesus's name can you do all of that movement and be on rhythm at the same time? I just don't even understand. Yeah, that's I don't get that either. Like, I, I don't understand. I have tried to like pick up the drums, you know, a little bit here and there. And I can yeah. keep a beat for it. Like if I know a song enough, I can keep a beat to it. But the changes and... And you're moving your feet and your hands at the same time. I dude, can barely ride a bike for Christ's sake. Dude, forget that. Like, like yeah. it's so crazy because, like, my younger brother, he's five years younger than me, taught himself to play guitar, taught himself to play uh, bass. One day, a couple years ago, he decides, hey, uh, I'm going to go rent uh, a drum kit. Okay? Goes to the music store, rents a drum kit. We come over, and I'm, I'm upstairs talking to my mom and dad, and my brother is downstairs playing songs. Right. He, he has that innate ability to just, just finds be able the to rhythm fit. and goes with it. How uh, the hell do you do that, man? I used and to s- like him. Damn yeah, it. so when I went downstairs, it was like, screw you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I have a djembe drum, which is just one drum in my car, and I try to keep a beat with that, and I can't do it. Uh, I'm d- right off the road, and I get a ticket. Listen, it is no good. It's like when I see my kids like snapping and trying to keep beat, I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. That is distinctly from me, man. Distinctly from me. My youngest uh, did, when she was like eight or nine, did drum lessons for about a year, year and a half, and she learned a couple of songs, and then the, her 
her drum teacher quit and a new guy came in and she didn't like him, so he she stopped playing. Yeah. She's like 18 now. I can't imagine how good she would be if she would have kept with it. But I, I can never, I have yet to be, I haven't really, really committed to trying to learn, you know, an instrument, but I just, I just don't feel as though I have that rhythm. Well, it's amazing, man. My daughter plays the baritone. Mm. Um, and I don't think she's going to continue. I think this is going to be her last year. But just even seeing the progress, you know, that she has made over that time and, you know, just inherently knowing who you are as a person, you're like who I am. I'm like, man, dude, I would not have tried that hard to do it. Knowing no way. To, knowing how to play the baritone, is that a big resume builder, though, at this point? <laughs> but, it could be. I, I don't, don't know. know. But the thing I don't that, know what it is. But you know, man, you know how it's it a is. You, it's uh, it's a uh it's a saxophone. It's just a different oh, looking okay. saxophone, okay. I believe. But you know, man, with your kids, you just wanted to get involved in stuff yeah. and find whatever it Let is. Let them that do they... whatever and see what they latch on to. See yeah. what they like, you know. And I thought yeah. that this might be the thing, but she's made some good friends because of it, and she'll do something else. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It's fine. And then now I don't. It doesn't sound like a cat is getting its tail rolled over sometime <laughs> <laughs> coming out of her room. What do you? Uh... Talking about hockey again. Yeah. What do you see the where do you where do you see the blues landing by the like at the end of the year? I, what do you think sneak into the playoffs? Do you think a couple, two, three? Because I just look at that line. I look at that dividing line between one, two, three, four, and everybody else, and I'm so nervous that I think if this team healthy, Pareko or not, if if you can get into the playoffs, you can at least shake rattle some cages. hundred percent. Well, and I think, man, if there's anything that that the Blues have taught us, if there's anything that you know, back in 06 and and, and eleven with the Cardinals, you just get to the dance, yeah. and then once you're in the dance, anything can happen. And I think the Blues have a team that is absolutely a team that if you have to play them, you do not want to play them in a, in a, in a first couple rounds. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, I feel like. Unless they get this burst of health and kind of can get everybody back, I think we're going to be sneaking in at four. Yeah, I think so. And I think that once we get there, let's see where health is. Let's see how it all shakes out. They can do any number of things. They, I would not be surprised if they started on a run. This team seems to do things that surprises me and, and, and that I don't think will happen. But I think what's just so tough is the schedule over the course of yeah, the rest of the season yeah. is, is, is really gnarly. But I still think that the Blues absolutely could and should make it in. And then once we get in, we'll see. Comment then a question. Uh, if it comes down to it, last game of the season or two is with Vegas, right? Yeah. Oh, that would be pretty gnarly. That would be really gnarly. Let's just, since it's not a regular 82-game season and the halfway mark with an all-star break and all that kind of stuff, since we ha- it's just you and I here, I want to throw out to you, who's your biggest disappointment and who's your biggest positive surprise so far with the Blues? Well, I would say, boy, that's a great question, man. I would say my 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 I wouldn't say my biggest surprise, but the player that I'm obviously the happiest about at this point in the year is Jordan Cairo. Yeah. Oh baby. Yeah. We got one, buddy. Yeah, we do. He, <laughs> like, just, he needs to find the consistency, obviously, but you're right. He's but, like nineteen or so. He's like twelve or whatever. It is. I mean, but but I mean, for a guy that we weren't sure if he was gonna make the team. You're right. Yeah. He yeah. has been absolutely unbelievable and you see those moments man where homeboy's a game changer yeah like in and of himself he can be a game changer and so that to me has been really remarkable and i if i if i had to say disappointing boy that's really tough it's tough to say bennington yeah. because he's been so very good at, in spurts but in the same respect he hasn't stolen as many games as he has in the past uh, 
I'll tell you mine, and I'm sure that I'm wrong, and Jamie would yell at me if he were here. I'm sure that he Probably. would. But to me, and, and I think this is as much my fault as the players, I was hoping for maybe a different... I think I thought Tory Krug might be a little bit of a different player than he is. I thought that he might be a little bit more inherently nasty than I have seen. And I was hoping that even though he was a smaller body, that maybe he would play bigger. And I kind of don't feel like that. But at the same time, I know he's got a ton of points, and I know that he moves the puck around well. I mean, I guess that would maybe... Maybe be my disappointment, sort of, but I don't even know that that's fair, Jeff, to be very honest. Yeah, and none of this is fair. I mean, really, honestly, if you look at it, they're all incredible athletes, and they all have their streaks, both bad and good. Oh, no, I want to take it back. I'm going to interrupt you. All right. Vince Dunn. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. My man, come to camp early. Come to town early. Get yourself ready. Get yourself. Don't don't give the team any reason to believe that you're not 100% in. That would be that. That you know what, and, I, and I'm going to change my answer to Vince Dunn as far as the disappointment is concerned. But I was going to say uh, Zach Sanford, only because it's not like he's had this horrible, disappointing season. But I thought he would have a better season than he would mm-hmm. or than he's having because he has the body, he has the speed, he has sweet ass mitts. I mean, his hands with the pulling back and the dusting off and the dragging and sh- changing the angle of the shot, a la Brent Burns. I think he's fantastic at that. But I wish he would come down that right wing with the puck and lower that shoulder and zoom into the goalie and just rush the goalie with the puck. When he does that, he scores. When he does that, we get rebounds. When he does that, we get faceoffs in their end. When he does that, he draws penalties. Why did I say penalties? I know what you meant, though. That's all right. <laughs> uh, but it, it just seems like that's his role to do those things, and it, it seems so. He does he does that so infrequently. It's frustrating well, to me well, because you, I think he's better than he's playing. Well, the thing is, and we've talked about this on the podcast. We have seen what what it takes for our Blues to win. We know what the Blues look like when they are playing at their best. Right. They have not played that way but with a handful of games I would say this season Great. and and until we see that physical presence come back the net front presence the little nasty dude this I mean the writing is sort of on the wall it really because is because Colorado and Vegas are so good they have absolutely got to step it up and 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 all around be better every single one of them and and it's I think that's the thing that's remarkable to me, man, is after watching them win the Cup, see what it takes to to win, to win those rounds, to win those battles, and to see them now, you just I mean, you just know there's a sizable amount missing. And yeah. I'm not saying that it's an effort thing or that the guys aren't trying. I don't think it's anything like that. I think it's legitimately you have had injury after injury after injury, and it sounds like an excuse, but I don't think it is. It's a legitimate thing, especially when it's as many skilled players as the Blues have lost. And it's, it's, it's startling that you wait so long to get that cup and you get used to that success Really fast. Yeah. Really fast. And then you look at the standings and go, man, Chicago has been a piece of crap. Detroit's been a piece of crap for the last handful of years. It's that cycle of you sign all these guys and blah, blah, blah. And then you see Chicago, you know, creeping up the standings. And I'm looking at our point, the Blues points. I'm looking at their point. I don't know why it is, but Chicago will forever be the barometer for me when it comes to hockey. Well, I mean, and and I mean, but. Rightfully so, homie. Yeah, I mean, I think so. dude. I mean, it was three. I mean, what was that? Three cups in, in seven or eight five, years, yeah, or something seven, like that. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, and as much as I hate them, and I do respect when it's due. 
And and they absolutely and boy, it looks like there's not going to need to be a full rebuild. Which there yeah. was talk in Chicago that they might strap or you know scrape it down yeah. and start back up again. That's not going to be necessary. So there is Blues hockey uh, tonight. Yes, and it'll be very interesting to see what happens with Mike Hoffman. Not yeah. is he going to play or not, and what line is he going to be on? How he reacts to. Barubi calling him out by sitting him, saying, "Hey, I need more from you. This is how we. This is why we signed you for these reasons. Go out and do them." It'll be interesting to see how he reacts this evening. The, the, I mean, but also to the whole team. So they have been off since Sunday. So they've had four solid days of you know practice, rest whenever they can. However, so you know, guys. We know it's the grind. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, but everybody's going through the grind. You got it. Yeah. You got to do it. I mean, now is the time. And I mean. The best of the best is in front of you. Yes. And I believe that these guys are a team that likes that challenge and likes being that underdog and likes kind of being forgotten about a little bit. And I think they can use a little bit of that to motivation. But tonight, man, they got to lock it down. Let's go. What is the um, – I know you'll know this. Jamie would have known it if he was here. But what is the setup for the playoffs? Is Forge just playing one? I don't in know. In our division? I am sorry that I do not know hmm. that. I am not quite sure. I would assume it's, you know, one, four, two, three for us. And then the other conferences will do the same. Then, I then assume. it's reseeded after yeah, that probably. I, so let's say as standings sit right now, we, being St. Louis, would play Vegas. Yeah. Here's what I hate, and I, I God, I, I just hate that I that this bothers me so much. But I know if the Blues squeak into the playoffs, and let's say they make the playoffs by eight points or something like that, and it's not really squeaking in. If they beat Vegas, it'll be considered an upset. Yeah, and I hate that. Yeah, we just yeah. won a couple years ago, man. Sure, you know, but but yes, and yes, it's just the reality of me. I'm the guy that when the Blues lose, I love watching the NHL Network, and I watch, I love watching all the highlights from all the other games. But when the Blues lose, and I see over on the right hand side that the next is the Blues game, I'll change the channel. I want to watch. I don't want to watch the highlights of them losing. Right, right. I hate that. I, I, I hate that about myself. But I, but that I do that. Here is one thing that I really would like um, when the two teams play each other again. And I and I and I'm you know I understand we need points I understand all the things, somebody needs to get their ass after Mark Stone. I can't believe that we're still talking about this. Yeah, I know. And God dang it, if it's God dang Braden Shin again, I'm going to be God dang mad. And God dang it, if he breaks a God dang bone fighting because nobody else steps up, I'm going to be upset about it. There needs to be other people answering that bell that is not one of the guys that's our one of our main scorers right Just now. Just anybody listening to see how adamant he is ever since the first God dang, he's been pointing at me through every God dang, just so you know. So I was that, about ready to fall out of my that, head. That means you are very serious. Braden Shen can take care of that Every single night, as far as I'm concerned, just don't break anything. Well, that's but that's the thing, man. Just don't break anything. So thing. guess what? I, don't do it. I love the spirit. I love the player. I love everything about it. It's just me not wanting him to get hurt. And oh, by the way, that's what we have Kyle Clifford for. Right? Yeah. And you, to, to see Jamie be upset at Kyle Clifford for not have like homeboy, like you said, he needs to be the one stepping up for this, not Braden Shen. Well, and that's and and, and I, it, it's just, I mean, that's what your gig is. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We have probably five, six more minutes left okay. of this. May I ask you about baseball? Oh, yeah, 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 please. So we had opening day. Yeah. And here's the biggest smile I've seen on Donnie all day. Were your thoughts on the team? Nah, oh, man, I don't know. Like, I don't really know how I, how I project them to be. But my God, yesterday, man, I got off of work at 2. I ran by Chick-fil-A. I got a big old chicken sandwich. Sat down in front of my pickles television. Pickles no said, pickles? Uh, no pickles. No I pickles. take the pickles off. Okay. Man. 
and I'm watching baseball. Yeah. In my living room. Yeah. And it matters. Yeah. Oh, and all the and by the way, Nolan Arenado is our third baseman. Isn't it crazy to think that you look at I think I think Danny Mac actually said this or maybe Thompson did, I'm not sure. So if I'm stealing the idea or the line from them, I apologize, but I was thinking it at the time. His first at bat as a Cardinal. He looked like he'd been a Cardinal for 10 years. Yeah, man. To see him in the uniform does not look odd. No, no, man. And also, too, Dylan Carlson. Yeah. Bomb. Wow. Dude, and, and so I, I, I'm i just, one, I'm happy that baseball's back. I'm happy they made that deal for, for, for Arenado, obviously. Um, you know, man, I still, I wonder about our outfield. You know, it seems like pitching is going to, we're, we're going to have a, a good, uh, a deep, staff and, and bullpen so that'll obviously help so you know I, I see no reason why we don't win the central but more than anything else man it was just great to see baseball on that mattered yesterday and to have a team to be excited about man yeah. i mean dude our infield i mean if, if there's there is a lot of reasons for optimism uh for cardinal fans and uh and I don't know why. I think maybe just because of the pandemic last year, or, or maybe I was still on a blues high. But man, it took me forever to get into that season, and I barely cared about the sixty games. I bet. I bet more than you noticed. I bet having a, some fans in the stands probably made the viewing from your home even even nicer. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, man. And also too, it made me think, man, if I can get to one of these games, they're going to hear me on TV. Yeah, I'm so loud. That's <laughs> very true. That's very true. But it, it honestly, it, it, subconsciously, when I saw the game yesterday, it, it felt more like opening day. It felt more like baseball because you could see fans yeah. in, the, in the background. And as the season goes along, as long as everything goes the way we hope it to be, they're going to be adding more yeah. and more fans. And before long... Man, we got some stadiums filled with people watching Cardinal baseball. I can't wait, man. Like, I cannot wait. Like, uh, you know, I haven't been, you know, none of us have been to Bush in, you know, a year or whatever. Yeah. And I cannot wait to take my mom. I always take my mom at least once a year for her birthday. And we go um, a few years ago. True story. Old Bush Stadium. A Cubs fan yelled. At my mom. I think I, I think you may have mentioned this to me before. What happened exactly? Steve Klein. Remember Steve oh, Klein? absolutely. Gave yeah. up a laser beam of a home run. What a jerk. Cubs take the lead. My mom starts with, uh, come on, Cardinals, blah, 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 blah. Dropping F-bombs like she always did. Sure. That's that's Debbie Mueller. And, um, <laughs> and the guy starts shouting at my mom about how Steve Klein sucks. My mom. Not me. I was in my 30s at the time. My mom. What'd you do? I might or might not have chirped. That a boy. I might might or might not have said some colorful expressions. Probably. God dang it again. That, that, that might or might not have led us to watch the last couple of innings from different seats. Now, <laughs> but, you know, man, listen, if you are going to talk crap and you're going to do it around any people in my life, my mom and Mary and my daughter are the very last three. Don't, all right? don't take them to just, hockey games then, whatever just, you do. Oh, man. Well, no. They'll, they'll, well, Mary can handle herself after oh a drink God, or two. Are you she'll, kidding me? She'll, Holy she'll, be, cow. she'll be fine. But my mom is. Handle herself. I get scared of her and she <laughs> likes me. <laughs> and I get scared of Mary. Dude, she, okay, so one real quick thing, and then we're going to, we got to go. Okay, so a few years ago, Mary and I take a little adult trip to Memphis, all right? Okay. Just her and I, we get a hotel room right off of Beale Street, and we just spend a couple of days really just drinking and eating. Sure. It was a blast. So we're <laughs> on Beale Street one night. 
you know, we've been there for a few hours, already doing what we do, and there is a confrontation happening between a police officer and a gentleman. And this gentleman's girlfriend was there yelling at the cop about whatever is happening with her and the boyfriend. Yeah. Mary decides that she is going to try to settle down the woman that's yelling. At some point, the lady starts screaming at Mary, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, Mary is going to get her face beat in, and Mary is, like, chuckling. Mm -hmm. And I have to go over to Mary and put my arm around her and go, okay, honey, we're going to go. We're going to go. And as we're going and walking away, this girl is screaming at Mary as Mary is, like, laughing and waving, Mary thinking it's a joke, this girl clearly not 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 appreciating that it is a joke, and me very much thinking that this girl is going to try to rearrange Mary's face, which... She would try. I don't know if she would have I'm, much luck. I have $375 on me right now. I'd put it all on Mary. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, but listen, let me tell you something. It's never boring. That's no. it. That, that's the one thing that I can that I can promise. Well, here's what we can also promise. On Monday, uh, we will be back. I shouldn't promise that, but we are hoping that we'll have the full gang back together on Monday to knock out another Last Minute Blues podcast. Jamie just couldn't make it today, and we wanted him to be able to do whatever he, he needed to do. So Jeff and I knocked absolutely. it out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be back Monday, full show. Yep. Absolutely. So with plenty of blues hockey to talk about, it is the Last Minute Blues podcast. Podcast, Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, sending love to our dude, Jamie Rivers. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton. Motivation that moves you.